You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog where we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Well, thank you guys for joining the show today and welcome in. On today's show, we're going to be getting into the Chargers losing a longtime scout who had brought in a lot of big-time names for the team over the years, and we'll talk about why they had to let go of this scout moving forward. And then in the second segment today, we're going to start getting into your guys' voicemails, and thank you to everyone who contributed to the voicemails this week. We really love getting you guys on the show, and you guys brought it for us with these voicemails, and we're going to keep doing it. So once again, the voicemail line number is 323-524-7924, and we always love getting your guys' takes on things. And today... We're going to talk about Brandon Staley going for his guys in this draft class. We'll talk about a 12-5 and season prediction as well as did the defense get better during this offseason? And then we'll also talk about where the Chargers rank in the AFC hierarchy because there's some really good teams. I mean, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Browns, the Titans. There's a lot of good teams in the AFC. Where do the Chargers stack up in that conference at this point? So we'll get into that part to wrap the show up. But... Let's go ahead and get into it. One of the things that's kind of interesting, David, about scouts and things like that is like you don't really ever hear about them, right? I mean, it's always the general manager. Yeah, I mean, it's always Tom Telesco that takes, you know, the glory of, you know, taking guys like Joey Bosa and Derwin James and all those things. But you don't really ever hear about the scouts and all those guys, you know, who are at all the games and doing things like that. And they're not really name, you know, household names for the most part, but it seems like the Chargers lost a pretty good scout or decided to let go a pretty good scout, I should say, because Neil Stratton reported on Twitter that the Chargers were moving forward without respected national scout Tom McConaughey, who spent 24 years with the team, part of the staff that drafted Justin Herbert, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Ingram Weddle, Merriman, Jackson Sproles, Tomlinson, and Breeze. That's a ton of names right there. I mean, David, either way, we don't really know what you know this guy's exact role is. It's hard to know who was the guy in the war room banging the table for any of these specific guys. But when you see those names, and especially you know 24 years, to think and like see all of these big names that have come to the team, really stars in the NFL, it sucks to lose a guy that obviously has a lot of very valuable experience. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's been involved in football for 40 years. I mean, five years as a player, 14 as a coach, and 24 years as a scout. I mean, that is a lot of experience, a lot of time around the game. But, um, I mean, this happens all the time, unfortunately, with, with scouts. I mean, and it seemed like looking at the comments from Neil Stratton, he made it pretty clear that this move right here was specifically mostly about the money. I mean, it was a budgetary concern. He said that a lot of times when NFL teams and organizations are trying to get back in the black, uh, the scouting department is the first place they look, and it seems like that this guy, unfortunately, was a cap casualty, if you will. 
Yeah, I mean, that part of it makes sense, and the Chargers do have a lot of cap space, but this is just different types of money that you're talking about. I mean, you're just talking about team profits and things like that, and as we've seen with, you know, Dean Spanos and his sister and all of those things, like, just because the team itself might have a great valuation doesn't mean you're necessarily bringing in that type of money, so it could be something like that, and I know people don't like to think about it, but there are ports you know, of the NFL where it helps to have a super rich, you know, NFL owner like a Jeff Bezos, you know, for example, or, you know, a Stan Kroenke where they're just a Robert Kraft, you know, like big money, like real, real money. Or Jerry Jones. I mean, these guys all have big money coming from things outside of the NFL and the Spanos family does as well, but it's much lesser now. Most of it's coming from the football team at this point. So, This is where you kind of see it, right? It's little moves like this, and we don't know for sure. He's not reporting that it was definitely budgetary, but he said he does want to continue being a scout for a team, and he wants to continue working in the NFL. So when you see that, it does seem like, okay, this guy didn't decide to go away, you know, like he was let go. So if you do have a super rich owner or something like that, maybe these are the decisions you don't have to make, but... You also don't know either, David, because as much as you love to look at those names and the Chargers have always had great individual players, right? I mean, that's never been their problem. I think it's always been the team as a collective and having a complete team, having the right coach in charge. All those things could be parts of the reasons why they haven't been successful, specifically over the last 11 years. But if you get credit for the good picks, you also kind of have to take some of the blame. That always goes to Tom Telesco, but in this case, If you're talking about all these guys, you know, the Breezes, the Tomlinsons, the Darren Sproles, you also have to think about the guys that weren't as glamorous of picks as well. You absolutely do. I mean, you have the good you have the good picks and the Chargers, I think, have always had some top end talent, like you mentioned. I mean, they've had stars throughout their history, but they haven't had a lot of good quality depth. And that was where the back end and the middle rounds of of the draft come into play. And you got picks like Trey Pipkins, Dylan Cantrell, Max Turek, Joshua Perry. I mean, Donovan Clark, Craig Mager. I mean, even going back to Marion Grice, Ryan Carruthers, and Turek Williams. I mean, all of those guys that they picked, you thought they were going to have some kind of role. They were going to come in and be able to contribute. No, uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. And I mean, there's many, many more names that I could have brought up. But it just goes to show you that... These guys go out there and scout, and they have strong feelings for for players, but it doesn't always work out. So, yes, they got credit for a lot of those really big, high names that you mentioned, but you also have to take a look at all the guys they missed on, too. And like I said to start this, I mean, we don't know how much of a hand that McConaughey played in all of those players specifically, but this is just kind of how it's being framed here. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who's respected in league circles, which is basically what Neil Stratton is saying here, and he is surprisingly getting let go right after the draft, which seems like that kind of sucks. You know, it's like, hey, you know, yeah. just stick around for the draft, you know, get us a Rashawn Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. And you're good to go now, buddy. See, Appreciate we'll see that. It. Yeah. I'm, Pack your bags. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Sorry. Right. We're done. So, I mean, maybe for scouts, that's more normal just because maybe this is, you know, kind of the end slash beginning of their next work year because now they work on the 2022 draft prospects. But I do think the one place you have to hope that the Chargers can continue hitting on is undrafted free agents because also in the comments, Neil Stratton gave him some credit for really being one of the major drivers, as he puts it, 
in keeping Austin Eckler on the team and bringing him in an undrafted free agency. And that is somewhere where the Chargers have really excelled for as much as they've missed on third round picks and sixth round picks. They've been pretty good in undrafted free agency, especially when you look at even before Tom Telesco, some of the greats that they've been able to bring in, like an Antonio Gates, a Malcolm Floyd. Lately, you've had guys like Jaleel Adai, Austin Eckler, Tyrell Williams. So that is a part where you'll have to hope the Chargers can keep succeeding there and also hit on some more of those mid to late round picks because finding undrafted free agents hasn't been the problem. But especially in the last two years, when you have these condensed camps, you're not getting as good of looks at these guys. So it's much harder to determine whether an undrafted free agent should make the roster. And I don't think and I think a, it's reflected, right? I think it's reflected the, the amount of undrafted free agents the Chargers have actually brought in. Well, and it's also reflected in the fact that last year was the first time in like 30 years that they didn't keep one on the opening roster, right? On the initial 53-man roster. Gabe Neighbors went to the practice squad. He was later put to the active roster. So they still played an impact, but that's not a coincidence, right? You're getting less of a look at these guys. That's what makes it harder for our boy Bong or someone like Forrest Merrill to come in and make the roster this year because even as you're saying it right now, there is somewhat of a revolution with players wanting to stick with their trainers and things like that. But for these young guys, you know, they still have to go in and deal with these lesser camps and camps on a much smaller level than other undrafted free agents of the past have had to do. So luckily this year, there should be preseason games, which for players like this will mean, I mean, will be tremendous. Like you can't understate the performances there because that's how Austin Eckler made the team. Special teams showing up in preseason games there. And that's how Nazir Adderley and Easton Stick got most of their fans. (laughs) But we do have two more segments to get into because we want to get into your guys' voicemails. So coming up next, we're going to get into voicemails about Brandon Staley getting his guys in the draft and the focus being on the offensive line as well as if the Chargers defense actually got better during the offseason. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, just text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases energy levels and lean muscle mass. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years because it works. Right now, you guys can text and they will include a free bottle of Nugenics Thermo, which is their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you have to do is text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. All right, David, well, it's been a little bit since we got into some voicemail, so I'm excited to get into the ones we have today. And if you guys want to get your voices on the show, it has slowed down a little bit, and I know that's partly just because of the offseason. We don't get as many voicemails, but if you like the show, this is your chance to get your voice on the show and tell us what you think about the charges right now and ask your questions. So once again, the number is 323-524-7924 to get your thoughts on the show. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But David, I want to go back to the glory days of the draft. So we have one voicemail from pretty recently after the draft. But hey, another chance to get excited about this Chargers draft class. I'm definitely down for it. So let's hear what Ivan from Victorville has for us this week. Going on, fellas. Ivan from Victorville here, post-draft, Punk, Slater, Samuels. Oh, I'm going to get better than that. I've been tons of mock drafts. 
And uh, there was a couple instances where I did get those two guys in the first round, second round, um, third round receiver. I get it. I get it. Mike, uh, uh, Mike Williams is not going to be around, Paulie. He uh, has another kind of injured, filled season. He seems like a really, really good player. He burns her time. He burned a lot of the top uh, corners that were taken uh, early on. So uh, I'm not mad at it. Staley obviously uh, has a lot of faith in uh, Adderley. Obviously, Derwin James, a low ER safety uh, room. So I feel like his gap was basically Brandon Stanley getting his guys kind of his uh, imprint on the team. Uh, a lot of a lot of coaches he picked up this offseason have a lot of um, connections to players. So I get it. You know, COVID season, uh, didn't really see much of these guys. So better take the players that you personally know, which I'm not mad at. Uh, a lot of guys aren't going to be on the roster. I'm not mad. Not mad at all. Our offensive line is probably, you know, number one uh, emphasis, and uh, I love it. Herbert, look what he did with the worst offensive line. Now he has some dogs on there, so I can't wait to see. So not much of a question or comment. It's excitement. So what's up, guys? Thank you for everything. It's been fun following you guys throughout this whole process. All right, well, I love the excitement, right? And I know that there's, you know, some head scratchers in there, and we were all kind of wondering about some of the picks and now we have come more around on some of them you know like a josh palmer still wondering about trey mckitty and how some of these other guys are going to fit in but i do think he makes a great point here david this was brandon staley trying to go after his type of players you saw that with mark webb you see that again with nick neiman and him putting an emphasis on special teams bringing in guys like that as well as you know chris rumpf and also asante samuel jr which out of all the defensive picks Seems like the most Brandon Staley type of player. So it is going to be cool to see how all of these guys fit. And just going forward, how this team continues to change the way it builds, right? Because now we're finally seeing them put emphasis on the trenches like you like. And we're seeing Brandon Staley get the kind of guys that he likes, you know, coming from the best defense in the league in 2020. And you got to love that. I mean, I've said so many times I can't wait for a coach or organization or this organization to start building from the inside out. And it seems like Brandon Staley shares that vision. He saw last year's offensive line. He knew it wasn't good enough. They had to re-haul, the revamp it and overhaul it, and they did that. And I think they did that very, very well. Um, and, yes, I do agree that they, that he did go out there and get a lot of his guys, and he got a lot of guys that they got to see, uh, you know, five guys at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I mean, especially. That's yeah. definitely – yeah, that's not discounted. I mean, that was very, very valuable to them. Guys that had connections to coaches that they saw um, up close and personal. So, yes, I mean, that was a very, very, very big theme here. But also thought that they added depth at a lot of different positions. I mean, you get a couple starters at the top end. You get a, a tight end that's going to help you block. You get a, another pass rusher. You get another a guy on the offensive line. You add to the linebacker room. I mean, to the safety, the to the DB room, sorry, please don't kill me, Brandon Staley, uh, to the DB group. Uh, I think that this, this change in philosophy here to just add more pieces, to add more depth, I mean, that right there also signifies a good trend in the right direction for me. Yeah, and the other thing that will come along now is how do these guys develop? I mean, there's part of it where... You could just be making the wrong pick, but another part of it is, okay, maybe you got the right guy who had the traits. You just weren't able to fully bring them out of them, but I definitely saw Brandon Staley's fingerprints all over this draft class, and it's something I'm excited to see, and even with all of that depth, 
we still know this is a pretty shallow team in some certain areas. So he might not be able to build the whole team that he wants in one offseason. I think we have to come to terms Rome wasn't with that. built in a day, Daniel. 100%. I think we're setting very high expectations because he is kind of boy wonder so far. But it's going to take time for him to really shape this team in his image, but, you know, for lack of a better term. But we have another voicemail here where we kind of can get into that and wonder if the Chargers really did get better defensively this offseason. Let's hear what Curtis Loki has for us. Hey, guys, Curtis Loki. Uh, I just got done listening to your podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, I couldn't help but notice, man, you guys seem pretty, pretty, uh, I don't want to say nervous, but uneasy about the schedule. And don't get me wrong, it's definitely a tougher schedule. Um, but, man, I'll tell you what, like, I'm actually pretty pumped about it. I mean, one, right away we get to see what this offensive line is is worth, you know, uh, going against arguably the best defensive line in the NFL. Um, but with that, though, man, I mean, you look at uh, as close as those games have been that we lost last year, and you look at, you know, the games we were competitive in that we probably had no business being in, uh, being competitive with, simply because of how bad our offensive line played and how leaky our defense was. I don't know how much better our defense got, uh, especially switching to a 3-4. Personally, I don't really believe that's uh, going to be beneficial to Joey Bosa, but we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I think that offensive line that we have is going to help us tremendously in these close games. Um, I have us going 12-5 and five as a prediction. And, yeah, man, just want to try to breathe in some optimism a little bit. Anyway, I love the show. Look forward to the future content. Go Bulls. Well, I love the prediction. I think that 12-5 and five is optimistic but, you know, is attainable. It's not saying they're going to go 14-3 and three or 15-2. and two. And, yes, these all sound still very strange coming out of my mouth right now. But it's something that could happen, right? And you're going to need a lot of things to go right for you. And in the next segment, we'll talk about, you know, if the secondary stays healthy, how excited we are for that group because there's a lot to be excited about there. But 12-5, and five, David, isn't that crazy? I mean, me and you both said 11-6, and six, which is still optimistic, you know, to some degree because of the new coach and the departures and all of those things. So we are a little bit, you know, bullish on the Chargers for sure. But the top line talent is there. I think the better question here, though, is did you get better defensively? And I think you have to look at losing Casey Hayward Jr., who was on the downswing but has been a big part of the defense, losing Rayshon Jenkins, who even with his frustrations has been a big part of the defense, and losing someone like Denzel Perriman, who was a you know probably your best linebacker last year. You lose all those guys. You bring in Kyler Fackrell. You get to keep Michael Davis. But it's hard to really project at this point how much the defenders from this rookie class are going to help right away. I've said many times that I I think that they did add some pieces in the draft to help them on the defensive side, like Mark Webb, but I think he's going to be more of the science project. I mean, you love his versatility and and what he could potentially bring and his physicality, but I think there's a lot of rough edges that need to be rounded out at the NFL level, so I don't know how quickly he's going to be able to help. I think, uh, you know, with those pieces that you mentioned, Daniel, I I mean, that that left in free agency, the Rayshon Jenkins, the Casey Haywards, I mean, some of those, I mean, they're going to be sorely missed. I mean, Rayshon Jenkins, I think, was undervalued a little bit. We love to hate on him, but, I mean, he went out there and he his versatility really showed. I mean, he played free safety, played strong safety, 
I think the way you look at this, I mean, I don't know how much better they actually got. I mean, they added some pieces. They offset some pieces with some free agency moves, but I don't look at this defense and say that it got a whole lot better after this offseason and this draft. Yeah, so there's a couple of things, right? I mean, your defense will be better in some ways than last year, just if you have Derwin James on the field healthy, which is a big if, right? But if you're just talking about the talent and proven production from the defense that we know of right now, you're projecting that Nazir Adderley is going to get better as far as, you know, having an addition to this defense. You're banking on big step-ups from guys like Jerry Tillery, Justin Jones, for Limbaugh Joseph to be a little bit more productive potentially, especially as a pass rusher, and for Uchenu Wosu to take on this role as a full-time edge rusher and be above Absolutely. average at that. So there's a lot of things you're banking on if you're saying this team is going to be much better defensively. And the other part of it is projecting rookies to play well for you right away, which you just don't know. I'm as high on Asante Samuel Jr. as anyone. I mean, I had him as my fifth best corner when some people had him, you know, 10 to 12. But we still don't know at this point what he's going to be. We don't know if he's an improvement over Casey Hayward Jr. And there could be a learning curve. So as far as the total talent that this defense added during the offseason, it's Kyler Fackrell. It's bringing back Michael Davis, which is a wash. And then also banking on Asante Samuel Jr., Chris Rumpf, and guys like Mark Webb and Nick Neiman to end up making a difference for you. And it's just hard to bank on that right now for this defense. So I think Brandon Staley has his work cut out for him because injuries are going to happen as well. And you're going to have to plan accordingly with some pretty shallow positions. But we do have two more voicemails that we want to get into because we do have a voicemail about how excited we are to see someone like Asante Samuel Jr. get to strap up for the Chargers with his former running mate, or at least his fellow alumni from Florida State, Derwin James. And we'll also get into where the Chargers rank in the AFC hierarchy coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And guess what, guys? Right now is one of the best times that you're going to find of the year to be betting on sports because we just had some NBA playing games yesterday. We also have the NHL playoffs in full bloom right now, and those have been absolutely crazy. So don't sit on the sidelines. Get in on the action. And if you're only someone that likes the NFL, there's still a lot of really good NFL future bets out there right now. Who's going to win the AFC West? who is going to win the Super Bowl, a bunch of different bets to choose from at betonline.ag, which is the only place that we trust to gamble with. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On. BetOnline is going to give you free money to win with. With that promo code Locked On, all caps, one word, at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I also need to tell you guys that my favorite protein bar in the world, if you haven't heard at this point, is Built Bars. And I know I'm here to sell this to you, right? But I have to also tell you guys that Built Bars are good. I mean, if you ever talk to anyone that's had a Built Bar, they'll tell you how good they are. And I think my favorite part about it is just they come with so many different flavors to choose from. I mean, they always have special ones. They have like a birthday cake, the coconut brownie chunk, the churro puff. I mean, they always have cool creative flavors that are coming out, limited time flavors only, but you still have the staples, the best ones that are always there. You can always get peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, coconut, so many flavors to choose from. So you're never going to get bored of one and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. 
Built Bars will fit with whatever diet you're working for. They're great for the keto diet. They're all low sugar, low carb, and they're all high fiber and high protein, which has fit in every diet that I've ever had. But right now we can save you guys some money too, because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys, well, it's time to get back into your voicemails here. And once again, I appreciate anyone who called into the show and has left us a voicemail at any time. There were some we weren't able to get into because of some background noise or just for stuff that, you know, we're talking about on today's show or have previously answered. But still always appreciate you guys. And now I want to get to Sam from Virginia, who's calling in again to ask us where the Chargers place themselves in the AFC. What's up, guys? It's uh, Sam from Virginia again. Uh, My question for you today is, where do you see us in the AFC hierarchy? Um, I feel like we're definitely probably a top five AFC team after the draft up to this point. Um, you know, obviously I think Kansas City is still the cream of the crop, but uh, I definitely see the Chargers as the second best team in the division as of right now. Uh, where do you guys see us at this point in time? And, um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on the current situation as far as that goes both up thanks guys have a good one so i would agree with kansas city still being the cream of the crop and i know a lot of people like to say you know hey the chargers have stayed close with kansas city they're getting better right and they can keep up with the chiefs now and it's just like we don't know that (laughs) they're still the best (laughs) team in the league they've been to the super bowl the last two seasons they've been a perennial thorn in the chargers side for a long time now, and Patrick I mean, Mahomes side. is the best quarterback in the league, right? I mean, let's just say yeah. how it is. He's the youngest, most exciting, most talented quarterback in the league. And there's an argument to be made, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still really good. There's really, really good quarterbacks out there. But you're facing one of the best to ever do it already, even at a young age. So you're getting behind the eight ball there. I have no argument with the Chiefs being atop the AFC. And I think the Bills are another kind of automatic on top there, David, is the two yes. most complete teams, the teams that played each other in the AFC Championship game last year and didn't take any significant downgrade. I mean, the Chiefs didn't. Yeah, they didn't change a whole lot. No. I mean, that's the scariest part. Yeah, and the Chiefs rebuilt their offensive line, right, and got a lot of pieces there. Yes, they're still having to kind of mix and match certain things, but it's too early to take them down a peg at all. So, David, when mm. you're looking at not just those two teams, but the other teams, the next tier down for that, where I think it gets kind of clouded. It does. I mean, honestly, I mean, when he said, hey, the Chargers are a top five team, I wanted to put them there. I, I, I did. I really did. I mean, obviously, I'm an optimist. Anybody who's listened to this show the last several years knows that. But I couldn't do it. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, you got Casey at the top, Bills, number two. For me, I had the Ravens at 11-5. and five. I still think they're a really tough team, a really physical team, a really good defense there. Uh, the Titans, I mean, I think they have a, a their running back is just ridiculous. I, I mean, King Henry runs all over everybody. That formula doesn't seem like it's it's going to compromise them at all. Uh, I still have the Steelers there at number five, uh, coming off a twelve and four year. Their defense is crazy. I mean, you don't know which Big Ben you're going to get, but. After that, I have the Chargers at six, and I feel pretty good about that just because I can project what they are capable of being. I mean, it's not what they are right now, obviously, coming off of a seven and nine year, but I think they've made great improvements on the offensive line. I think you take away some of those time management mistakes, some of those special teams mistakes. I think that gets cleaned up, and I think you have the possibility of seeing a really good Chargers team here. But then I got the Browns and the Dolphins right there as well. I mean, it's really tough. The AFC, Daniel, is really strong. 
I think those teams are all really close. And I think the problem is, is you've seen those other teams be successful more recently than the Chargers, right? Because the right. Chargers are coming off of a 7-9 and nine season. They're coming off two consecutive sub-500 seasons, right? With the roster flaws they've already had, they've fixed some of them. But a lot of expectations are getting put on a team that has a new head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, a bunch of new starters scattered across the team, and a lot of things working against them with COVID and everything else. But we're still very high on them, but it's just hard to you know talk about this as if they're for sure going to be a top five AFC team when they weren't in the playoffs last year. And you have teams like the Cleveland Browns, who I would think most people outside of Chargers fandom are putting ahead of the Chargers, right? I think with the Titans, I maybe take them down a peg because you lose Corey Davis in free agency, you lose Johnny Smith in free agency, and their defense was already a disaster last year. And now you're losing offensive players, and maybe you know your best, you know one of your best defenders, and Adore Jackson. And you also lose Clowney as well. So I think they could potentially take a step back. But realistically, there's only a couple of teams that you know are going to be bad. Like you feel like the Texans could be bad this year, right? I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars, even with the excitement. You don't know if they're ready to kind of take that next step. And then there's a lot of wild cards like the Broncos and the Bengals and the Raiders, right? So it is Uh a very cloudy mix, I think, in the AFC. I do think they're the second best team in the AFC West, as you said. Outside of that, it's kind of hard to determine where they lie in the AFC. But I do think they're in that same tier as a team like the Cleveland Browns. I think they're in the same tier as a team like the Tennessee Titans and some of these other Good teams that should be playoff contenders but aren't locks to make the playoffs, right? So I think that's kind of where the Chargers are in the AFC, but I thought that was a really good question from Sam from Virginia. But let's get into Superfan Zach from Florida and hear what he has for us this week. Hey, guys. It's Zach from Florida here. So this is not really a question, but it's more a comment. So I was thinking about this upcoming season, and if they all stay healthy – I'm really looking forward to and excited for this new secondary. And it all revolves around Derwin James. And I, from what I can tell, he elevates everybody around him. So when Adderley was drafted in the second round, everybody was so excited to see what he and James could do together on the field. But he was injured most of his rookie season, and James was injured all of last season. So this upcoming season is where we really get to see them play together. Add to that, we have Asante Samuel Jr., who James lobbied for. And then we have Chris Harris Jr. and Michael Davis as the other cornerbacks. And maybe even you can throw in somebody like Gilman. I think he could definitely improve with James being out there. So I guess the question I do have is how excited are you to see this new secondary this upcoming season if they all stay healthy? Just want to know your thoughts on this topic and bolt up. So, I mean, if you could guarantee health, I mean, I would feel a lot better about making a prediction here as far as how exciting the secondary is going to be. But even with please that, please give the elixir of health to Derwin James. Yeah. Please. I mean, just saying that Derwin James will be healthy is something that would change this defense dramatically. But maybe I'm not going to go out on a limb with Alohi Gilman with you there. But I will say yeah, this. Sorry, Zach. I mean, Alohi Gilman, say what you will about him. 
when he was in college, but he did make plays. He's an undersized guy that, you know, plays bigger than he really is and throws his body around, made some mistakes, but also made some really splashy plays as well. I remember watching on tape, you know, stripping a guy on the one-yard line, doing stuff like that and being around the ball, but hard to imagine after one year that we can expect much from him. So I think the other thing here, David, is just, yes, I mean, who in the secondary do you feel best about? If Derwin James plays, you feel great about it. Michael yeah. Davis stays healthy. You feel good about him being your number one corner. Obviously, you hope he doesn't regress. You hope you don't see some of the bad things that worried you before about him, you know, before he has progressed. But if he can stay at the same level he has been playing at or get better, you're not worried about him. After that, it gets a little more gray because you're hoping for is your Adderley to bounce back in a big way. You're hoping that this split safety scheme really accentuates what he does well and that he stays healthy. Obviously, that's a given in this part, but you hope he improves. And then you're hoping for Chris Harris Jr. to bounce back, stay healthy, and also have a very good season. And we haven't seen Chris Harris Jr. play well for two seasons. Last year, I give him a pass because of the injury and fitting into the new defense, all of those things. But you can't deny the fact that it's been two years, two full NFL seasons since we've seen him play well. And Asante Samuel Jr. is all projection. Yes, it is. I mean, you're excited about what he brings to the table. I mean, Very you love what he did in college. I mean, you, you love it, right? I mean, you got to be, you can't help but be excited about him, but you don't know what he's going to do. And I mean, like we were talking before the show, Daniel, I mean, there's a very, very good possibility that he's going to struggle for a few games. I mean, this is the highest level competition and he is a little bit undersized. And I mean, in, in college, you can be almost as grabby as you want, right? Until the ball's in the air, you can do almost whatever. You can mug the wide receiver if you want to. In in the NFL ranks, you got five yards to do that. I mean, and you're going to have to adjust. And I think there's going to be an adjustment period for him. I mean, I was one of those guys, Daniel, though, that was really excited to see what Nazir Adderley, the free safety, the center fielder, the guy who has good, the, that has good instincts, the guy who seems like a ball hawk to me, next to the star that is Derwin James. And I will agree with one thing that Zach said. When Derwin James is on the field, he does make everyone around him better because he's that damn good. He does everything that well. He's he's a guy who brings up the game and also just demands that excellence from everyone around him. So if Derwin James is on the field, this defense will be much, much better. And I hope that I get to see that that tandem of Derwin James and Nazir Adderley doing what they do best healthy on the field. If that happens, we could be in for some fireworks this year between those two. Well, when Nazir Adderley came out, he made the comment about them being the best safety tandem in the NFL. And that's obviously huge expectations to put on yourself. He gets injured the first year. Derwin James only ends up playing, you know, very little that year and then none at all last year. Yes, you will see those guys on the field at the same time. I expect Nazir Adderley to be a lot better this year, mostly because I do think he's talented. I do think he was injured and it's tough to come back from something as major as what he was coming back from that season and the misdiagnosis and a lot of things that went on behind the scenes. But I do think that this year in a split safety look where he might get to those plays and balls in the air that he was a step late on, right? The angles in the running game aren't as steep when you don't have to truly go sideline to sideline. There's another guy on the other side of you, right? You can kind of cut the field in half that way. You're not necessarily always the very last line of defense. I think those things, along with the willingness to tackle and 
and an ability to be a ball hawk and attack the ball at the catch point, he has those things in there, right? So I think he will be able to unlock some of that. And I think if you guarantee health from this secondary, you will see something really fun this season because I do believe in all the guys at the very top level, and then it gets a little shaky after that. But that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you again to anyone who called into the voicemail line. We really appreciate it. If you don't already, make sure to go follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. We're not doing subscribe anymore. You follow the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the new Odyssey app. That way you can get the show every day because that's what Locked On Chargers does. Your team every day. And we're also on social media every day. You can find us on Twitter at DanTalkSports and for David, DroTalkSD. And you can also find us on Instagram at LockedOnChargers and our Facebook page, LockedOnChargers, as well. But that is going to do it for today's show. On tomorrow's show, we'll be back with you guys talking about divisions. (laughs) Super fun. We're going to get into how we feel about the Chargers playing the AFC North with teams like the Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns, as well as getting the NFC East and maybe getting some really fun matchups there. So we'll get into that tomorrow. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.